Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the indie and genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Mir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. This week, it's a little bit different. Uh, Two-thirds of us are not here. Uh, However, I do have a little help. Hey, it's me, Regina, super guest host from the past, returning to you now in the present. Welcome aboard, Regina, and thank you very much for helping me out uh, this week. And I think we have a lot of cool things to cover, but before we get into the movies, this is the first year you've been in College Station where you can get the full football feel feel of it. Uh, Last year, obviously, wasn't quite the same. And then when you first got here, the season was pretty much over because uh, the Aggies aren't as good as they think that they are. And by the time you got here in December, none of their games mattered. So uh, what does it feel like being caught? I mean, the season just started. Um, So, so far it feels like hell. It's insane. There's traffic everywhere and there's way too much Aggie spirit in the air. Yeah, I could probably do without it, but who knows? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drink the Kool-Aid and get sucked into it at some point. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Um, If they, if you do the ring dunk and all that, then I think, you're automatically in, but I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. I, I think it's sacrilege to even insinuate that I might be able to do that since I do not have the Aggie cred. <laughs> oh, man, they're going to gig me for even <laughs> suggesting that you would do a ring You're going to gig gut. So August is the beginning of the NFL preseason. College football, I believe, began at the end of August, uh, early September. Other than that, September doesn't have that much going on for it. However, a couple of the streaming networks have decided that it's time to already start celebrating Halloween. On Shudder, they have the 61 Days of Halloween. I know you're a Halloween person, so how excited are you for this? Okay, I am very excited about this. I'm the kind of person who gets very excited, like on, was it Freeform, where they have the 13 Days of Halloween, and it's all like, you know, family-friendly Halloween stuff, and I, I'm into that. So now that it's going to be like some hardcore horror um, leading into the season, I'm super stoked. And it's actually already begun. We've had a chance to see a couple of things. Uh, Superhost with Barbara Crampton came out. Superhost was super fun. It's always good to see Barbara Crampton. Great performances by Gracie Gillum as well. And to be fair, uh, Barbara Crampton's the big name, so that's the name that I said, but very small role. I mean, Gracie Gillum absolutely carries... What's a pretty standard horror movie, but that's what makes it so good, I think, as it's your basic horror movie. Martyr's Lane is another movie that's coming to, sh- to Shutter during the 61 Days of Halloween. Okay, so I think Martyr's Lane is really cool. It's always good to see a nice ghost story um, and super creepy. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's a really good way to set up the season. It was like just like that perfect like ghost story to kind of get things going. It's, yeah, it, it's a straight up ghost story. And who doesn't like a ghost story during Halloween? Um, there's a couple of other things coming out. One that stood out to me, um, this isn't until October, VHS 94. Uh, are you a fan of the VHS franchise? No, I, not so much. I know you are. I've seen like one of them and I can't say I'm not a fan. I just really haven't seen all of them. But I've seen the first one and it was pretty freaky. I just haven't gotten around to watching the others. This one's pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, it's, it's found footage. So uh, that I, I'm a you know fan of that anthology. Again, a <laughs> fan of that. So it kind of gets two things that I really like together. This one pretty cut and dry. They find a VHS tape and they watch it. And then I imagine they see some pretty crazy shit on it. So that sounds like it's a lot of fun, along with the uh, movies that are coming. And there's other movies that are coming out. Also got a couple of series that are coming out. One that we've been watching, uh, Slasher Flesh and Blood, will be finishing up, I think, during the course of the next two months. Uh, what have you, We've seen about half the season. What have you thought of the show so far? I think that it is truly enjoyable. It is what it is. It doesn't try and be anything else. You're going to, you're getting exactly what you wanted when it, with a show called Slasher Flesh and Blood. It is so extreme on the gore and the characters are so over the top. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, this show, and, and, and yeah, you said it perfectly. It absolutely lives up to the title, Slasher. Um, it's pretty cool in that it's something of an old-timey, like Agatha Christie mystery. Um, it sounds like it's going to be when the family gets together on a secluded island. There's a game that they're going to play for a million dollars or millions of dollars, actually. And um, it sounds like a mystery. And, you know, people start dying and you have to figure out who the, who the murderer is. But these deaths are there. I would say they're the most violent kills of anything this year. Um, definitely television, but possibly even movies. I would 
you know what, especially, uh, there's quite a few of them that I'm like, whoa, that's pretty bonkers for TV. And I, and it's not that just it's bonkers for TV, but just like, I don't think I've seen anything that graphic before in a movie. I have to agree on that. And the, the irony of this is in one of the more recent episodes, I, I thought they had one of their, they had their least violent death. I thought that death may have been the most tense and hard to watch. I agree. And it's kind of weird when whenever you see like such extreme like gore leading up to this um, and you see something that's like, well, that's that's fairly tame, you know, but at the same time, though, it's only tame in what it looks like. The actual idea of what's occurring is, is pretty gruesome. Are you excited to see the, it, I believe there's about a m- month or so of episodes left to go. Are you excited to see where this uh, leads and who the killer is? I am. And you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, I don't even care who the killer is. It's it's just fun to watch. <laughs> so. uh, that's actually a really good point. It's kind of a, it's not that you don't care because you're not invested. It's just that you're interested in what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. I haven't thought about that. Cause like, yeah, I, I want to know just oh, for curiosity's sake, you want to know, but it's kind of interesting to see what they're going to do next because, uh, and it's very much suspension of disbelief and it's out there and ridiculous. Um, anybody who's following the show, especially the most recent episode is, it's so <laughs> contrived, <laughs> but um, it's so cool too. You're like, oh man, what's going to happen next? End of September, the third season of Creep Show is coming back. Now, Creepshow has been huge for Shudder. It's broken all sorts of records. It brought them like over a million subscribers, I think. It's been their runaway hit. Have you been a fan of the Creepshow show? And I know you saw all of season two. We saw the specials. How have you liked Creepshow so far? And how interest, how excited are you for the third one? Are you excited for the third season? I am excited for the third season. It's something about watching Creepshow that makes me feel like I'm a kid again. Um, I, you know, you, you grew up watching the, the movies and I think especially the last season really kind of captured the nostalgia of, of childhood and getting creeped out watching that, especially the episode with, um, with, I cannot read, I forgot what it's called with Kevin Dillon as a, as a really terrible stepfather. Oh yeah, the, I believe, great episode. yeah, I think that was the first one, one of the very first ones. Yeah, you're right. That one is very, very much in the creep show, um, uh, aesthetic I would say yeah very well because creep show I mean you know it's from the early 80s 82 I want to say it's h- hard to keep up that feel and authenticity um, without looking cheesy but yeah I mean you can still set creep show in 2021 but give it that look that someone is like reading a comic book and reading stories from like you know the the EC comics and all that stuff so um, I'm very much looking forward to the third season they have lots of um guest stars as they normally do like Michael Rooker is going to be there Ethan Embry um Reed Scott from Veep is going to be there so it's going to be a an interesting season as it always are and I'm really looking forward to it there's some other stuff coming out uh, other series are coming out now one that I know you're really interested in is um October the 8th do you think yes. do you think we're finally getting uh Halloween 3 you know what I I believe in our girl Darcy and I think she can make it happen I think she has the power to make this happen. So you think we're getting Season of the Witch, and it's a double feature. So what do you think we're getting for the second one? I'm not sure, (laughs) but it's one of those where I'm just so excited. You know, the last season was so great. It's become like my new thing that like even when the the off season, I'm like, it's Friday night. And I'm like, oh, great. It's Friday night. What do I do? Like I'm waiting for Joe Bob to to, to fill the hours, but um, I'm just kind of excited. Like I don't want to even like kind of guess because I'm just sort of like I like the I like kind of being surprised. I don't even like to play along with their Twitter. Like uh, guess what we were gonna have because I I'm just kind of like oh, what could it be? <laughs> I, I I love the the way that they do that like an old school you know horror movie marathon. Uh, and they don't let you in on it, and I like that they give the clues and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. I kind of hope it's not season of the witch, not because I mean, Darcy's awesome and she, you know, brought this all together and she's great with the fans and season of the witch is, you know, back when I saw back when I was a kid, I was not impressed by it for many, many years. And even now I'm not the biggest fan of it or even a fan of it, but I know, I know it's found a cult following over the past few decades, but I've also seen it quite a few times. So I, I would, I like seeing things on there that I haven't seen in a long time, or obviously that I've never seen before. We can only hope that this year's double feature is a uh, Medea boo followed by boo too. 
uh, yeah, one can only hope. The um, the gulag is coming back. I I, I know we've uh, we've put that up around the house every year. So this year they have a new one. I, I wonder. I know one year was the gulag, and then they had Return of the Gulag. I wonder what it's going to be called this year. Son of the Gulag. It has to be Son of the Gulag. That's actually <laughs> super obvious. So Shutter has a lot going for it. Um, lots of television shows, lots of movies. Joe Bob's coming back. Um, apparently they're teasing he's going to announce some more specials too. So like you said, we can only hope. Uh, Shudder is not the only one who's uh, decided to get in on the Halloween fun early. Netflix and Chills announced their Halloween slate. It's not going to start until next week. And it's starting with a horror anthology with Kristen Ritter called Night Books. We'll talk specifically about night books and then we'll kind of get into the slate. But um, you like horror anthologies, right? I do. I don't know if I've ever come across anybody who doesn't. I mean, they're quick hits. Uh, you get a lot in a short amount of time. And um, I, I don't know. They're, I, I always think they're really good fun. Even the ones that even the ones that aren't as good, I tend to enjoy. And I think I kind of grade them on a curve. Like that Scare Package movie that I thought was great. A lot of people have told me it's not that good. So I don't know. I might have, but uh, Nightbook sounds interesting. Uh, Kristen Ritter is a witch. She has some kids trapped in her apartment. And uh, they got to tell a scary story every night in order to stay alive. I mean, what more can you ask, right? <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Seriously, like, I'm like, this is such a great idea. And I, 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 I just hope it's really good. I love Kristen Ritter, too. And it just looks great. The trailer's amazing. If you haven't seen it, you should really check it out. And that's based on the um, Thousand and One Nights, isn't it? I would imagine, right? It kind of sounds like it. Yeah, right? Because that's what she has. She's doing the same thing, too. She's also telling a story every night to keep herself alive. So I can... I mean, I, I'm assuming that's what it sounds like. So, okay. Um, got, again, lots of movies, lots of television. Now, you mentioned family-friendly. Um, the difference between Netflix and Shudder is Netflix does have a, a few family-friendly offerings. And then they also have stuff that no kid should see anytime soon I don't think so uh is there anything that stands out for the Netflix uh slate well I I have some very like I should I should probably shouldn't have my hopes up so high but when Fear Street um came out that was just so awesome that I'm like really looking forward to see what what happens next um and by the way speaking of things kids should not see kids should read Fear Street they should not watch Fear Street Um, and also by the way no one should see the third part of Fear Street because it just sucked Ah, uh, see, I, I, I like the third part. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was awesome, steadily worse. The second one was pretty cool too. Third one, not so great. But I'm kind of looking forward to, um, there's someone inside your house. That sounds like an old-fashioned slasher film, right? So it's about a girl moving to a small town. She finished up high school. So you got the teenager in high school. There's just a killer stalking the town. So I, it just has like all, like, it just has everything that you grew up with, like, you know, from Halloween to Scream, and um, I'm looking forward to that one. And that's one of those that's probably not for kids. And you're right, that one does sound really cool. Um, there's one coming out called Night Teeth. Been so many takes on vampires, and you know, bring them into the modern world, put them in the what, put them way back in the past. Uh, just do a traditional vampire story that you really can't do anything new with them. And this one sounds pretty kind of dry. College student, he's a chauffeur, picks up some mysterious women in LA. Turns out they're vampires. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's pretty cut and dry, but I'm a sucker for a vampire story. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, I'm also just unintentionally clever. Just a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, that one does sound like a lot of fun. And actually, um, going back to the stuff that might be family friendly, I think this, uh, what's it called? This Escape the Undertaker might be fun. Oh, yes. We'll get in. Well, you know what? I wanted to get into that. So uh, as you know, I, 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 at one point in my life, for a very long period in my life, I was a huge wrestling fan. This sounds unbelievably horrible to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> at no point in my fandom would I ever watch. Now, um, you, so, I, I think we watched the Black Mirror Bandersnatch thing, Bandersnatch thing together, right? Yeah. So I guess first of all, just the idea of an immersive horror movie. What did you think of that? I, th- I actually thought it was very well done. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And it was it was a good watch. It was a cool story. I got to say that I like the concept of it. I like 
that that's an option and that that exists. But honestly, I don't think it's for me. I, if you wanted me to put your movie together, then just give me the money too. <laughs> so why does this, <laughs> why does this uh, Undertaker one interest you? <laughs> honestly, because it does sound terrible. <laughs> it just sounds like it might be fun with a WWE superstar Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, Undertaker is such a ridiculous character. Um, and he's, you know, he's, he goes like through history, he goes from being super, super badass to sort of kind of like, all right, Undertaker, just retire now. Honestly, I just think it might be fun. And I, I would like to see him in the movie. I think he actually might be fun in it. I don't know. Like, see, the thing with the Undertaker was back in what, 91, 92, when he debuted at that Survivor Series. Um, like they actually expected us. This is when wrestling was supposed to be real, right? Like they actually expected us. They were supposed to this like undead zombie was wrestling. <laughs> like that's pretty cool. Now that we know that, like you said, he's just some Texas biker dude who dresses in black. It's just just kind of not the same. So <laughs> maybe in my interactive movie, I'm imagining it like much better. We get to see the Undertaker get home, and you know, like pet his kitten and eat macaroni and cheese and watch like hours of real housewives before like some kind of terrible thing happens and he's thrown to the action i don't know maybe i maybe i'm looking to see another version of the undertaker but we might not get in the movie and i know we both enjoyed hill house i think we were split on the turning of the screw remake that they did i forgot what it was called already oh blythe manor uh what was it called the Haunting of Blythe Manor. Oh, I thought you said Black Banner. I was like, I don't know what it's called. Yes, yes, Blythe Manor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that one I, like, about halfway through, I got really annoyed by it. So the creator of, I believe the creator of, of Haunt Hill House is the same creator as uh, Blythe Manor, right? But they have one called Midnight Mass coming out. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Oh, by the way, it's, it's Bly Manor. I was thinking of Blythe Danner. The actress, Miss Bly Manor. Oh, Bly Manor. See, now, now, now I know what it was. Bly Manor. Yes, yes. You're right. You're right. So I don't, I don't know if this is again going to be uh, a, an adaptation of something, but it is. A, it's a seven episode limited series. Has a pretty impressive cast. Has some of the same cast members, so I think it's part of the the same world per se. I will watch this because I liked Hill House so much, but I'm going to go in very. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that's probably the best way to approach it, just because it is it is something different. And I mean, it sounds interesting to me, but it's not interesting enough to like where I'm like, my attention's not grabbed right now, but I'm like, maybe I check it out. What if it's an adaptation of a Sylvia Plath poem? An adaptation of a Sylvia Plath poem? Hey, you didn't know that Bly Manor was turning of the screw. I mean, when I say you, I mean in general. That's true. That's true. Well, we'll have to see. I hope it's not daddy. <laughs> Oh, that one has, at least has a cool ending. Uh, <laughs> um, didn't, didn't you watch that show, You? Like one season or half a season of it? Oh, I watched an episode and an episode and a half. Okay, so that show was awful, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on with that show. I actually thought it was canceled, but that's coming out during this Netflix and chill time. It's season three, which I think is the last season. I don't know, I might be wrong. I guess the dude is married now? Oh, weird. I don't know. Would you be interested in picking this show back up? Because uh, this is the one about the guy who was a serial killer or something, right? Yeah, he was like a, a stalker killer. Yeah, he's a serial killer. Uh-huh. Weird. I don't know. Like uh, he's married and has a kid and they're living in California or something. Like I don't know. I, I just looked. I was like, I, I thought it was the same show. And then I and then I read it. And I was like, I don't know. This doesn't sound like the same show. And if it if it did, it took a really weird twist. I can see that because I think that was his whole thing, how he's somewhat like still charming and he's hiding his true self is what I what I got from it when I was watching. So I don't know. So you, you mentioned that he's charming. Uh, I guess he ended up getting the girl like any hero serial killer would. My question to you <laughs> is, why didn't they just make this a reimagining of like Ted Bundy's life? You know what? That's a good question. Um, if you just have like one or two movies of about Ted Bundy, like, you know, every couple of decades, it might be okay. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, five every month isn't necessary. No, but you know what is? Five movies about Al Bundy. You like creature features, don't you? I do like creature features. In fact, I have a Creature of the Black Lagoon mask I was wearing earlier. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome one. 
Yeah, it's a very awesome mask action. Um, it came from below is a creature feature from the United Kingdom. It's about a woman whose father is mauled by a beast in a cave, um, but no one believes him. So she decides that she's going to go back and capture footage of this creature to prove to everyone that her father was telling the truth. Her brother slash friend, we'll talk about that. And two other friends come along for the journey and, um, well, all hell ensues. It came from below. Is there any more creature feature title than that? That is a very creature feature title. And the title is kind of what got me into it. I was like, all right, I'm ready to watch. Yeah, the title is awesome. Like it came from below can be a part of like a triple feature with I was a teenage werewolf and the thing from outer space. Uh, this is a great title for this type of, for a creature feature. So yes, there's a creature in this. Yes, it is featured. Is this the type of creature feature you were anticipating? No, there was a very minimal creature. I was really expecting more. This movie had a lot going on. Um, it was suspenseful and it was intense, but I needed more creature. Yeah, it was, it, uh, it advertised itself as a creature feature. And when you do that, you're going to set up an expectation, even for people who, you know, they don't go in with high, low expectations, whatever creature feature that does set up something that you're going to see a lot of. If you just say it's a horror movie, a horror movie with, you know, an unexpected encounter, that's something a little bit different. When you say creature feature, I'm thinking like Wolfman, every other scene type of thing. So yeah, um, I'd agree with you that um, there's a creature in him, but uh, yeah, this isn't the type of creature feature that um, would lead one that some might think of. But then I guess my question would you, to you would be, do those types of creature features still even exist? I was thinking about that because I was excited to watch that movie. I was like, oh, I haven't seen one of these in a while. I find when I'm trying to fill that creature feature void, I got to delve back to the past. I don't think I've, Cloverfield might be the closest in recent years. I, I, I was thinking about it when I was watching that because same as you, I was like, oh, cool title. Then I saw the description. I was like, wow, like I haven't seen one of these in forever. And it, it, it's not what I expected. So God, Cloverfield, like, I don't even know if I would count that as. Yeah, because then we know what, I mean, when you first don't know what's going on, but then you know, so. I, I, I don't know, it's hard, but you know, things change over the years and definitions change. Like, but I don't know when it comes to like, like horror movies specifically, like a slasher in 1985 is still the same, like would still be a slasher in 2021 right yeah and i think with this movie is that the it that comes from below is so nebulous like it's just like there happens to be a creature but there's a whole lot of other stuff going on down there and so it's not really uh it should be more like i don't know what would you name that movie the stuff below (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it's i don't know if it's so much that there's anything wrong with the title or even calling it a creature feature but maybe the definition of what a creature feature has changed over the past few decades because even a werewolf movie from you know michael landon being a teenage werewolf is a lot different from what john landis directed in the early 80s with you know american Werewolf in london true we might just have to expand our definition of a creature feature yeah, it's yeah, just right. gotten older. <laughs> you you mentioned the, the, the from below part of it. So what did you think of the setting of the movie? So the setting takes place in a, a cave. So it's in these caverns and it is dark as hell and it never gets any brighter in there. So it, it's really hard to make sense of the setting because you really can't see it. It's, it's interesting. So uh, like it's in a cave. So obviously it's going to be dark and Obviously, they were trying to disorient the audience, which it's in a cave. That's cool. It makes complete sense. <laughs> I thought that they went a little too much into it. Like it was it was just too dark. There's a difference between dark for atmosphere mm-hmm. and then just not flipping the switch dark. And this was just too much. Yeah, it was the kind of dark in the film where you're kind of thinking like, oh, someone's going to turn on a flashlight right now or something. And that that does not happen. It doesn't happen. And and it's not just that they're setting up 10. This isn't, I don't think it's a budget thing. I don't think it's, it's that they didn't know how to use the lighting. This is a conscious decision because it happens multiple times. 
it's not just that, that they're in a cave. I mean, the screen is black. It's like they're covering the lens of the camera intentionally. It's yeah. intentionally a black screen, which that that ruins the atmosphere entirely. It really does because it goes from like, oh, this is creepy to like, you know what? I don't even know what's happening anymore. So I'm already out of the. Yeah, it, it, it's like, okay, it's one thing. It's in a cave, so it's dark and you can't see much except for, you know, a murky shadow, a little bit of light. Like I get that. But when someone has put your hand, their hands over your eyes, basically, they're, you know, blindfolding you essentially. Then at that point, it's like, okay, you're, I don't know what you're going for right now but you're annoying me. You're not scaring me. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing that they do, and I don't know, I, I'll ask you, what do you think is the better of the two? But there are moments where it's quiet. They're in a cave. So they're whispering because they're trying to escape from things. And and, and just uh, this movie just came out. It's on video on demand right now. It's on digital. Also, I want to give a spoiler warning. We will not ruin any part of this movie. We won't ruin anyone's enjoyment of the movie. But we will talk about some plot points. So if you do want to watch this movie and you do want to go in blind, make sure you watch the movie before listening to us. And then uh, after you watch the movie, you can listen to us and kind of see if you agree with us or not. So this movie gets like dead silence, dead, dead silent at time. Like there is no sound at all they cover the camera and they mute the sound it seems like so what did you think of that decision okay so again i think some of these decisions sounded like they'd be good in theory but actually in practice you're kind of wondering like the tv turn off so it does take away from it i will say though when there is sound there is really good use of sound once that comes back in yeah Um, it it, oh i'm sorry go ahead no no continue yeah i was gonna say it's really ironic like um it's either with the sound they either do it completely wrong like they just they they muted um the whispers and stuff that's a lot of it's just you know normal talking or whatever but when they get it right they knock it out of the park yeah it, it's gruesome I, I think the the most feeling you get out of it the feeling that you should get from watching a horror movie you're going to get it from the sound because it, it's um you're not really getting from the visuals per se well and and let's get to the visuals so we talked about it being you know dark but uh they do show the creature and then it's not just quick glimpses of it i mean obviously it is at first because that's what horror movies do but eventually you do get some long shots of the creature uh what did you think of the design of the creature so from and um it's like you said you get some you get some shots of the creature. You don't get it all at once. And I think that's really cool. That does add to the mystery of the creature. But what you do see is is pretty jarring. Like their weird long fingers um, and like the, they have like weird stuff on their head. And it is mysterious. And it just adds to like a, a total, like um, it is nightmarish kind of. Like it's this dark and it's just a weird figure. You don't know what it is, but here's what you can see. And it's completely disturbing. They do a neat thing too, where the uh, they're pouring through the uh, father's journals because he's done a lot of of exploring in the caves, and he's uh, done some uh, artistic renditions of the beast down there. And uh, when you finally see the beast, you see that um, the the art the the father should have worked at the police department as a sketch artist because he's pretty spot on with it. But uh, the creature design it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I thought um, towards the end you get some good full-on shots of the face and uh i thought it was very well done um especially considering and and maybe this is why so much of the movie is so dark is when you finally do see the creature it really leaves an impact yeah it does actually um more so than anything else in the movie to be honest with you because it's like well there it is there's this uh creature and i don't know i i think if we had just a little bit more of it I mean, it would really shift my opinion of the film. So um, you mentioned that the creature possibly having more lasting impact than anyone in the film or anything in the film. So what did you think of the characters? You know, the characters were a little strange to me. Like the main girl, Jessie, we get a lot of her and who she is. And she seems to have like really good chemistry with someone who may, may or may not be her brother. What's going on with that? So this is why it was so confusing to me. And after we were done watching it or, or while we were watching it, I asked, is that her brother or what's going on? So what confused me was that he would refer to the guy, to the father, he would call him dad and he would kind of talk and he would say our dad mm-hmm. and things like that. 
but um, they had different last names. So you chalk it up to, oh, because she got married and, you know, she, her last name changed. No, her last name is the same as the father's last name. It's the guy who has a different last name. So possibly he got married and he took his wife's last name. I don't know. They also don't always act like, like there's almost, there's one or two scenes where there's almost like a romantic tension between them. I, 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 I don't know if the thing is like there's two I mean it's a small cast it's a very small cast so there's uh Jess her brother his friend and then he brings along his girlfriend uh the two female characters are very easy to tell apart the two male characters are interchangeable I don't know if in the writing they got confused or I'm not exactly sure what happened there or I, I don't know maybe it's something that's particular to that region the slang that they used or whatever maybe it's not really her brother, but uh, it's it's not good when you're confused by a very simple relationship between two characters. Yeah, especially because they established some very fast tension between the two women, and it doesn't make any sense. So at first I thought, oh, well, this girl's Jess is traveling with that girl's boyfriend, and that's why that girl is like, you know, like, why are you on her side? There's like a lot of like weird jealousy between them, but I'm not sure what, what they're I'm not sure what's going on. There's like some kind of, they got beef and it's really not clear what it is. And the other girl that shows up really does not like for any of the guys to be paying attention to the other girl. So it's it's very strange what's happening. And I feel like that's not, um, it was just something kind of tossed in for that tension. Yeah, it, it was because she's from, from, from the get-go, like it's clear that Jess does not want that other girl there. At first, I thought it was just like, oh, she finds her annoying. But then you're right. There's these weird comments and glances that are made that it seems like there's some sort of history or there's some sort of, I, I don't know. It's it's very, very strangely done, um, which is kind of what I was getting, kind of what I was, what I felt about. Like, I agree with you. The creature is probably the most impressive thing um and we'll talk about Jess right now because you make an argument regarding Jess's situation there in regards to characters I don't think there's I don't know if there's lack of depth to them or they're just not explained very well but I wasn't interested in any of them except for Jess yeah um I agree I'm not sure it's because we just see like the most emotion from her we have the most scenes with her what it is but um she's definitely the person that I mean, at least I felt like was more developed, but that very well just may be the case of her just having more screen time. But I really, like, I, I was still, like, really stuck on the whole, and then that, I forgot the name of the other friend, to be honest with you. I forgot her name, the redheaded girl, though. Um, she, um, she was, like, always, like, taking jabs at their dad, which I thought was strange, and only Jesse was insulted by it. But I thought, okay, so at least we have this here to like help us set up like okay like you know she loves her family she's she's she'll defend her family this is why this is important to her but really that's about the extent that we we get of jesse's motivations going to jesse then would you say she's a good hero um or this movie made in america in like 1984 she would be the final girl so spoiler alert there um is she a good hero um i think she is but she does some weird things in the middle of the middle of the way to kind of get to where she needs to be but she definitely is trying her best to be a hero there's some strange decisions but like i said i mean she she doesn't give up so i think she's a good she's a good hero um so you mentioned strange decisions so in horror movies it's a joke how bad the decisions are people make right i mean there's a snickers commercial about the dumb decisions that right. people in horror movies make so in this movie the whole the whole premise is they're going to get footage of a creature that has mauled someone pretty much near death. They go armed with cell phones and flashlights. What did you think of this l complete lack of preparation? Yeah, for the for the depth of what they were trying to do, like and what they what she believes happened to her father, it seems like they were more prepared to just go check out a haunted spot like when you go with your friends, it's like, hey, I hear this school's haunted, let's break in. It felt like they were doing that. And that's really what it felt like for the rest of the people along in her expedition. I mean, she was the only one who had that mission in mind. And um, it just seemed that she, it just seemed odd to not um, 
she was serious. So why didn't she expect to find danger? Like, why wouldn't there be weapons? It's it's weird to me because I'm all for suspension of disbelief in horror movies. Like, you need a healthy dose of it for every horror movie. Like, I get it. Like, and people make decisions that just make no sense, which is part of the fun, right? This is why people scream in movie theaters, like, run, why are you running that way? Go hide over there. I mean, because people make dumb decisions in horror movies. Everybody knows that. But this goes beyond like because even in horror movies one of the tropes is when they're getting ready to go somewhere is they have like crazy weapons so this was just beyond explanation (laughs) to me this movie for all its horror and for all its flaws it's definitely tried to be a character study of jess and you mentioned she kind of is flawed but she makes him she, she she becomes a hero but it's also about her relationship with the father so by the end of the movie did you get that sense of uh, familial love I mean you mentioned that they tried to get it over did it work I'm gonna say that and I think that it did on Jesse's part I think that came through yeah I'd agree with you the movie was trying for a lot and it's a short movie too It, it was trying to do a lot especially in regards to character it did get across the love between her and her father I'm not so much about so sure about the pseudo brother though it came from below it's out on digital and video on demand right now would you say see it or no see i would say see it but good luck because it's really dark (laughs) but uh, but no i think it'd be it'd be something to watch it wasn't really for me but i think it's for somebody i think it's um god it's it's so tough it's so so tough because it's it's not something that you can really just have on in the background because you actually have to kind of pay attention to it yeah and uh it's actually like you said very hard to pay attention to so i would say see it but like lots of trepidation (laughs) more so than they had in the movie but you definitely see it starting next week on september the 15th it's hispanic heritage month we are going to begin celebrating right now with our own Hispanic Heritage Month where we look at Hispanic, or excuse me, we look at horror movies from South America, Central America, and other Latin American countries. We're starting with an entry from Uruguay. It just came out this year. It's called The Last Matinee. The movie is about a girl named Anna who's filling in as a projectionist at her family's uh, cinema. As it turns out, someone else is there and he has some nefarious plans for the attendees of the movie house so the last matinee um before we get into the movie just a a spoiler alert gonna talk about some of the things that happened will not ruin anything for anyone but uh to be perfectly honest i'm not not really sure there's much you can ruin in regards to this type of movie (laughs) but um I've read descriptions of this. I think every description I've read of this movie, they it's mentioned that it's the last day that the cinema, this particular cinema is going to be opened. Did I miss something? Or is that actually the... Did they mention that somewhere in this movie? No, no, I was going to say, I didn't catch that. But it did seem like it was also like a momentous day because the daughter was really like, hey, let's... uh." let's wrap this up with the father. Her father's old. He's been running the cinema for quite some time. And she was like, you need to go home and rest. Maybe it was his last cinema. <laughs> it was his last well, matinee. Well, I, I took it as like, literally, it's the last matinee. Like that is the last matinee showing of that day. Like that's yeah. what I thought it was. And, <laughs> uh, but every description I read of it is like the cinema. And I, it's set in like 93, 94, something like that. So, um, which doesn't really play. Into, well, I guess cell phones, right? Yeah. That's the th- that's the thing. Like everyone, if you ever wondered why it was why was this movie set pre what when did cell phones come out ninety nine two thousand yeah. I don't know why was this movie set in nineteen ninety three because there was no cell phones and if there was cell phones then this movie would be over in like two minutes. Uh, um, <laughs> the uh, yeah I didn't catch that it was the last day. Though you're right, she does. Uh, uh, her father is ailing and she's studying for a test. So she's already attending college. So I mean, it's not like she's leaving town or anything so um it's it's not a problem with the title like the title makes complete sense i just i don't know if people i don't know maybe i missed something with this movie so um but that's neither here nor there in regards to the quality of the movie so right this movie has 
quite a number of characters in it. Now, what did you think of the characters? I like them. I really enjoyed this film. I loved everybody in it. It reminded me a lot of, and it's supposed to, right? It is supposed to be like a love letter to Jellos. It reminded me a lot of um, Argento's uh, Demon. That's that takes place in the movie theater as well. And you see kind of like everyone doing their own thing at the theater. Um, it definitely has that kind of setup, but it's just like there's a horny couple, there's a creepy dude watching the movies on his own, and then there's like some teenagers who go because they just want to be freaked out, and because they're teenagers, they got nothing to do, and there's a little kid who snuck into a movie because he wants to be scared, but he's underage, so he's hiding. You know, it's got people that you're going to see in a movie theater. Everyone is behaving as they should behave in a movie theater, Um, so just that in itself is kind of wonderful. It's really well done because for the most part, it's a single setting movie. It's throughout the cinema. This isn't like, you know, in an entire summer camp or anything like that. Um, It's cool because there's all these characters and they all have a little bit of a backstory, uh, but they're really well-crafted backstories. The the teenagers that you mentioned, we see them outside the movie house for a little while talking about, you know, how they got there, what happened before they got there. And then once they're in there, like, and they're talking, you you know what's going on with them. Uh, the couple that you mentioned, like, you know, it's their first date. And uh, all, the, the guy, you already know what kind of, he's very much into movies and he's kind of socially awkward. Whereas the girl is kind of like, you know, whatever, I'm just doing this because because I want to, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you're spot on with the, with the kid who snuck in to get scared and he's he, he's in over his head. The, the girl who was stood up. I mean, all this stuff is like really well done and you get a feeling for all the characters, which is, you don't see very often in horror movies because a lot of times you're like, oh, that's the jock, that's the nerd, that's the stoner. And, you know, you, you they're fodder. And, and a, lot of, a lot of times you can even guess the order they're going to die. This one, they're, they're broad characters, but they're also well-developed. So I, I really enjoyed that. You mentioned the the giallo factor to it. So the lighting is very distinctive. Um, Some people don't like that about giallo or um, did you like the lighting in this movie? I did. It was wonderful. It was, um, I I, I love the movie in case you couldn't tell. I said wonderful like eight times already. But not only that, that's kind of how movie theaters looked in the 90s too. Giallo effects aside, don't they all seem like red to you? Like... (laughs) For the most part, it was red they carpet, do. red yeah. walls. And um, so it, it matches and it's really good. It adds to the atmosphere. Um, I think the lighting was really awesome. And then this is kind of the opposite of the previous movie because it's in a movie theater. So it's going to be dark, but it's not so dark that you can't see anything. It's dark to where you're kind of unsure what's going on but you can definitely make stuff out much like you just if you were in a movie theater so I think the lighting is very well done they do cool things with 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 shadows but um, there are scenes that are not in the actual cinema but they're in the movie theater um, and uh, they use good job with the lighting with the like the signs and then the lighting around the posters and things like that looks really cool lots of good colors in there like it's you know a giallo basically so of course there's lots of like vivid blues and neon and stuff like that um did you you mentioned the red and uh, i mean at the end there's a part where it's you know blood soaked basically the camera is pretty crazy <laughs> red what did you think of the, uh, the use of the more uh, brighter colors in it um, I thought it was really awesome. I mean, the the brighter colors um, were a surprise. And I think that was basically just because it's like, hey, let's just take advantage of what we're doing right here. We're, we're trying to make a Giallo-esque movie. And I think that that's what that was thrown in for. But it also added to this um, fantastical, like it's, a, it's, movie theaters can be like a magical place, right? It kind of added to that aspect of it too, sort of having that, the, those lightings as well. And what did you think of putting this entire movie in a movie theater? I mean, it's basically in the actual theater, uh, in the lobby area and uh, in the uh, projection room and one scene in the bathroom. Like that's pretty much the, in, that's the entirety of the movie. Did, did that work for you? It did. I think they made really good use of the theater. It's not, it wasn't just confined. There's really uh, inventive kills and there's really smart ways to sort of try and outwit the, the slasher 
I think that by they, they really make good use of what's around them, what you would find in a movie theater. If you're in this situation, you're trapped in there with a killer, what would you do? What, where would you go and what would you use as a weapon? And you mentioned confined, which is a great word because they're in this one area and a lot of times horror movies, you know, give a sense of claustrophobia. In this case, that's not the sense of it. Like trapped, yes, but you're, I don't think you're supposed to feel claustrophobic. You're supposed to be able to feel like, okay, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I use? And to your point, the the last matinee does a great job of uh, making it realistic and making you think like, ah, yeah good idea. I would have done the same thing. So um, you mentioned the kills and there are, like you said, some very inventive ones in it. What did you think of the kills? There was a really, really cool one that stands out that was in the movie theater um, and it involved a couple making out. And so when you watch that movie, look out for that one. That one was <laughs> that one was pretty gross and pretty awesome, but the kills were interesting. I mean, the, the killer uses one weapon. And so even though it's just this one weapon, he finds new ways to use it. Um, I actually like the kills quite a bit. Everything leading up to the kills, the tension is pretty interesting too, because it's just, you know, the movie theater setting. And for the most part, people are involved in other things. They're not really thinking like, I'm going to get killed here. I think that the kills were actually really unique, even though it was used, the same weapon was used. And this, uh, <laughs> this movie, so a uh, trademark of, um, Giallo, or I guess Lucio Fulci more specifically, is eye trauma. Uh, this movie <laughs> goes overboard on the eye trauma, and I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> there's some, there's some stuff that I think even uh, Lucio Fulci would blush at in this movie regarding what they do with eyes. Um, you mentioned tension in it, so you you thought the tension was well done. I actually thought that the movie kind of lacked tension. Um, I don't know if it was going for tension, to be perfectly honest. It's kind of like any other slasher. I don't know if there's so much tension as anticipation. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing at all, because unless they were shooting for tension, in which case they absolutely failed. But like, um, I don't know. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have find a sense of tension in it. Hmm, I can see that. Like I said, some people are just hanging out, doing their thing, right? So they, they definitely would not suspect that something's going to happen. When I think of tension, though, I kind of feel like that little kid hiding in the theater. Yes. Um, (laughs) That kind of was very tense, I think. Um, And but for the most part, you're right. There's almost like a calmness to the movie, though, uh, other than that. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty. And you're right. Like there's a point where, uh, you know, everything's like at first no one knows what's going on. People start to realize what's going on. Um, the kid who was already from the get has been separated from his family on, on purpose. He, he's decided to do this, which doesn't mean that he deserves to be murdered. But um, the uh, there's a point where, you know, he's trying to, he's, it's a cat and mouse between him and, and the killer. And that part, yes, it is very tense because, you know, as expected, there's some close calls. So that part does get pretty tense. But yeah, calm. I, I, I didn't think of describing it like that, but that's a very good way to describe this movie. What did you think of the plot? Because I mentioned at the beginning, you know, spoiler alert, even though there's no way to really spoil it, there's not much in the way of a plot in this movie. No, there isn't. It's it's just, um, let's get out of here life. <laughs> that, is the, that is the goal. And um, I kind of like it. I like the simplicity. It's refreshing because things try so hard nowadays, and this isn't limited to horror or even movies, like things try so hard to be very complex and deep that they lose the thread along the way this is very much like uh something you were talking about earlier slasher um it knew what it wanted to be ironically this is slasher also (laughs) it it knew what it wanted to be it didn't try to be anything more than it was and it did a very good job of being what it wanted like it was very well done and it wasn't until the very end that I thought like um like when it was actually over that I thought like oh yeah I guess there was really no plot to that was there <laughs> yeah it was just a, a night out and then this happened so we gotta get out of here <laughs> that's but, basically oh I'm sorry go ahead oh that's gonna say but yeah going back to yeah but it knew what it was and you're right about plot sometimes sometimes a plot is really overdone and there's a little too much that goes into it more thinking than necessary and it tends to kind of like take away from the enjoyment of the film yeah the um instead of a plot this is kind of just like a a, a treatment basically like hey how about we do a movie where there's a slasher in a movie theater and they're like cool film it 
<laughs> no, uh, nonetheless, very fun. There's, I would argue, there's a few heroes in this movie. Uh, what did you think of the heroes? Because I, I thought they did an excellent job, and I really like how they handled themselves. Yeah, there are a few heroes, and I really liked it too. It's like, what would you if you, what would you do if you were in this situation? Um, you know, we were talking just right now about how people don't behave like the way they would in real life in horror movies. And I think in this case, people behave exactly like how a person might behave. There's a fight or flight instinct. And in this case, everybody sort of reacts the way you would expect them to. It's, it's sort of like is able, I think you're able to put yourself in the movie this way more so than if you were to like actually be in an interactive movie where you're actually taking part in making the changes. I think when people are relatable like that it's able to you're able to draw the audience in a little better and um the way people behave especially the ones who stood out as heroes i think that that makes sense and it's really it also adds to the because there's some really surprising uh, outcomes in this movie some very surprising outcomes and this very much you can very much put put yourself in this movie and you can very much put yourself as any of the characters <laughs> you can see yourself succeeding and you can see yourself failing in those specific ways like and um, that's that's hard for a movie to do to to like usually people would be like ooh if I were in that movie if I was in it I would be whatever I would I would be I don't even remember any of their names I would be Mikey <laughs> is there a Mikey I don't know as they're at the last matinee it's not just about the matinee they're actually watching a movie Frankenstein Day of the Beast what did you think of this movie it I'm had some. It has some pretty amazing kills in it, too. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? That seems exactly like the kind of movie you should sneak out as a little kid to go watch. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And looked like a great creature feature. It did. So the last matinee, see or no see? Definitely. Pretty cut. Straight to the point, just like the movie. (laughs) And I would absolutely agree with you. The last matinee. And not just for Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, if you're a horror fan, you know what? Not just, If you enjoy movies, you should absolutely check this movie out. So, um, every Saturday, you can find this here. Uh, we're actually part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. They have a number of horror-themed podcasts, and we are one of them. We have an open review of policy, policy so uh, feel free to drop us a word or just give me any ideas you'd like us to see, see us do for a theme month. You can follow the show on Twitter at Adventures in Movies. You can find me on Instagram at Adventures in Nathan. Uh, you can find Danny. He sells art on Twitter and Instagram at default underscore player. Uh, you can also find Blake on Twitter at Four Eyed Horror. Blake sells beer and you can find him on Instagram at Public House 28 Brewery. Next week, we will continue Hispanic Heritage Month and wild horses couldn't drag us away. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Amazon Music. They have podcasts, including us. Or you can just go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. Regina, thank you very much for stopping by on the show again. Thank you for having me on the show. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Bye.